Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. For Wednesday, August 24th, I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today and every day this week, we're looking at some aspect of food security and the major shifts that are putting enormous strain on our global food supply. We're already experiencing acute shortages all over the world. On Monday's show, we talked about how dietary preference has increased the demand for grain on a global basis as more and more people shift from plant-based diets to consuming more animal protein. On Tuesday's show, we talked about how more and more farmland is being diverted from food production to growing biofuels like ethanol and biodiesel. And on today's show, we're talking about how the energy markets are affecting the supply of fertilizer and how fertilizer use is down 5% so far this year, which is expected to have an immediate 2% decrease in global food yield. That decrease in yield is in addition to the other factors that are already putting pressure on food supply. So we have not one, not two, but three factors negatively affecting food supply. And as we'll learn on Thursday's show, there's more. So here we go. There are extreme pressures on fertilizer production right now, largely linked to the current energy crisis. Without burning of fossil fuels, you can't manufacture synthetic fertilizer. And without fertilizer, agricultural yields will be down by 30 to 50% compared with where they are today, depending on the crop and, of course, the growing location. Many farms have been so stripped of nutrients, they're essentially trying to grow in depleted soil. Fertilizer is essential to grow anything in those conditions. We can expect to see the linkage between the energy crisis, cascading to food prices, and eventually food insecurity in many parts of the world. There's three basic ingredients in fertilizer. Ammonium nitrate, used to produce the nitrogen content, phosphorus, and potassium. Back in 2020, the spot price for ammonia was around 200 euros per ton. Today, that same metric ton of ammonia is priced at 600 euros, down from 838 euros per metric ton at the peak in March. Ammonia and lots of energy is critical to the nitrogen component of synthetic fertilizer. When you look at the global production of potash, which is one of the other three main ingredients in fertilizer, the top three countries in the world are Canada, by far number one at 14 million metric tons, and number two and number three are Russia and Belarus that together produce about 15 million metric tons. The export path from Belarus is by train through Lithuania, but that pathway is blocked due to the war in Ukraine. China is number four at 5 million metric tons, followed by Germany, Israel, Jordan, and a host of other countries where the numbers are quite small. Potash prices are already up from $433 a ton in April of 2021 to $881 a ton at the end of April of this year. Given what's emerging as a global conflict involving Russia, we can easily predict there's no source of supply to replace Russian and Belarus potash, and no source to replace Russian fertilizer. And from that, we can easily conclude that not only will we experience a massive spike in energy prices this year, which we already have, we will also experience a global shortage of fertilizer, which in a matter of months will translate into food price increases globally and food insecurity in many parts of the world. Now, if you're a small independent farmer and you're required to pay cash for your fertilizer that now is doubled or tripled in price, you simply don't have the cash available to buy the fertilizer. So in a lot of cases, farmers are planting their fields with a reduced amount of fertilizer or no fertilizer at all. When you look through history, every time there's been a major spike in energy prices, it leads to price increases in food, which eventually leads to food insecurity, which eventually leads to social unrest and starvation. Now here's the crazy part. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has just recently put new rules in place aimed at curbing the use of fertilizers on crops in Canada because the production and application of synthetic fertilizer 
does contribute to greenhouse gas emissions. But this is a misguided effort. The one country in the world that has so much agricultural land and one of the strongest supplies of fertilizer ingredients is being artificially held back from using fertilizer. I'm pretty sure my neighbor, Justin, who lives a few miles from me, has failed to connect the dots. I'm all for reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but it means taking measures that will really make a difference. See, agriculture in total accounted for 10% of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions. Fertilizer accounts for a 17% contribution of the total agricultural component. So you multiply those two numbers together, If you even if you eliminated fertilizer use 100%, the most you could ever hope to reduce greenhouse gas emissions is by 1.7%. But then you would cut food production by 50%. And since the food needs to come from somewhere, you need to transport the food that was cultivated somewhere else, probably with fertilizer, or people will starve. The fact is, while it would be wonderful for everyone to eat organic food grown without modern farming techniques, we simply don't have the global food production to disengage from using synthetic fertilizer. If we rely purely on organic farming, we would need to reduce the world's population by about 4 billion people. If we look at the agricultural acreage that's been increasing, it's been to plant more canola and more corn. But both canola and corn are used as key ingredients in biofuels. At the same time, the acreage dedicated to less fertilizer-intensive crops like wheat, barley, and oats, that acreage has been falling. Reducing the use of gas-powered automobiles would have a much greater impact on air quality and greenhouse gas emissions. In fact, ridership on public transit is currently running at 42% below pre-pandemic levels in most cities across Canada. Getting people to take the subway and the bus would have a greater impact on greenhouse gases by getting cars off the road rather than cutting off the livelihood of farmers and by forcing reductions in agricultural output, especially at a time when the world is experiencing a food shortage. This is insanity. We even saw a similar movement in Holland by the Dutch government. The result has been months of protests and blockades by angry farmers who, quite rightly, are in opposition to policymakers who've got tunnel vision and are failing to look at the bigger picture. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>